Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, November 16th, 2022. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing, Adelaide Jr., and I'm joined by LaCroix Poppy himself, a.k.a. my fellow Forbes 30 under 30, a.k.a. Tim Ma fucking Gettys. Bless. Anthony Carboni is a fantastic man and an even mm-hmm. better person. But what's the, where's the but? Uh, well, th- there is no but. Well, okay. the only, uh, you know, there, there's there a slight but. Be. There's a slight but. The slight but is that I wish that he was more similarly sized to me. Because. No. Uh, no. What, what? Similarly sized? Like height wise or yeah. like body? Yeah. I love, no, I, I, I love like being that able he's to look. Our height, you know, yeah, I love being able to look Anthony and Carboni in the eye and be no. like, me and you are brothers in arms. Yeah. <laughs> I, love, yeah. I love Just this funny, so funny, uh, that... funny average height men. I mean, I, I value Anthony Carboni's height average so much. Average height above average. <laughs> when I, I see this man. <laughs> Carboni's height. Oh when I saw God. when I met him for the first time at the Game Awards, we we're doing mm-hmm. like a uh, like a Game Awards after party type deal, right? And I see this man walk up, and I'm like, "You are the most swagged out, most charismatic, attractive person, and you're my height." That's what I'm talking about, Anthony Carboni. I fucking love <laughs> Somebody's that. Somebody's got to rep us. You Somebody's know, got to rep us correctly. I love that so much. I love that you immediately like took it that direction because where I was going with this mm-hmm. is that I've known Anthony a very long time, and if there's one thing that me and him know about each other is we both have a love of dope jackets, mm-hmm. right? And I wish he was more similarly heighted to me. I mean, I, I can go down. You know what I mean? I can meet y'all at your level if that would help you. Are you, are you trying to uh, share jackets with, with Anthony? Is that what he, you're he often? For one reason or another, gives me his jackets. Whether it's mm. oh he has two of them or um, it doesn't fit him too too well. Oftentimes he gets a jacket. It's too big for him, and then I get it. But the problem is, that I feel like there's a size in between us. So I rarely get even if it's bigger than him. It's not the right level of bigger than him. Huh. You know. Mm. So it results in me wearing dope jackets like the one I'm wearing. It's just it's a little tight. tiny. A little tight. I, it looks good from where no, I'm that sitting. Looks good. What are you talking Honestly, about? Honestly, it looks perfect. Perfect no, size. Like, uh, it's a little bit above the waist. Yeah, yeah when you're stretching, that's a little bit ab- above the waist. But honestly, sometimes that's a good that's a good style right there. You know. Honestly, yeah. Like I, I like clothes that fit, fit real tight. That's a good look, Tim. And Holy honestly, Tim, shit, I'm digging dude. this. You are swagged out. You're looking great today. Later today, over on YouTube.com/slash Kind of Funny, uh, talking about screen uh, uh, Andor at 11:30 a.m. Let me tell you, I don't. I've not told Greg this, mm. but I, I've been uh, dressing up whenever he's on the show, right? So I can make him look bad. I've been dressing nicer when that. he's <laughs> when he's on kind of funny games daily, and he calls it out every single time. He's like, "Oh man, bless! You're coming in every single day, looking great." And I'm like, "You don't understand that I'm playing the long game. I'm making you feel bad about yourself, all right? Because you're Greg Miller. I don't need you to be, be all high and mighty, right? I need to knock you down a few pegs. Uh-huh. But then I come and I sit with you, and I'm like, "Damn it! I need to bring. I need to bring. I need to come correct. I appreciate when I'm hosting that. Tim Gettys. I appreciate that. So I'm no, start it's doing been, that. It's been three years of working from home that hasn't stopped me from accumulating. The drip. <laughs> Accumulating you know more I mean? bomber jackets. I got more jackets and more Jordans than ever. God, and now yeah. I get to wear them all because this. Because this is kind of funny games daily. Before we even get into that, I want to give a, a shout out. A happy birthday to Shigeru Miyamoto. What? 70 years. He is 70, 70 years old. 70 years today. old. A legend. A, a true legend, man. Like I, There are very few people in the industry. I mean, I know that like we're talking about Miyamoto. I almost don't even need to say this. But um, what I want to say is uh, I've been in this industry a very long time now. And I've been around a lot of people, met a lot of people, been in awesome situations where we've got to meet celebrities of every level, essentially. I have never seen people react around someone the way the games industry reacts when Miyamoto's in the room. Like, mm. people turn into children, Instantly, but it's like they're the most respectful children. It's the weirdest thing. It's like God just walked into the room. It's like, oh, I revere this man, but also I fear this man. Oh shit, be cool, just be cool. And it's so funny because it doesn't matter how rambunctious people are, how charismatic people are. They just chill. They're just like, I'm gonna follow his lead. I'm gonna what type of day is it? What type of day? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Is the reverse gift or is it the gift? Where he's going, I'm I'm going. (laughs) We don't Uh, know. But anyways, funny enough, I I I saw a post on uh, Reset Era the other day that was like. 
you know, so what was up with Mario or uh, Super Mario Brothers, right? Like, give me the laydown of like what made this game special at the time. And going through the thread, right, it was a lot of people being like, oh man, it was a step forward. Like graphically, it w it was incomparable to like anything that came out around it, right? It just stood out. It looked looked good. It played played well, uh, better. It had secrets. It had a scrolling screen. It had all these things, right? And as I'm as I'm reading through these, I'm learning a lot, obviously, because like I wasn't around around the time the super mario brothers came out so i didn't get the actual like cultural context around that but even still my first time playing uh through super mario brothers the original one was through super mario brothers deluxe on the game oh, okay, boy yeah yeah that was my first time actually playing all the way through that game and let me tell you even playing that game in what that was maybe early 2000s like maybe oh god maybe 99 898 even when i was playing through that game then even then i was like this is fantastic Oh, yeah. like, I, I love this video game, oh, yeah. right? A game that can stand the test of time like Super Mario Brothers, like, goddamn. I mean, what a, an a game that can stand the test of time like Super Mario Brothers and then be upped so much to the levels of Mario 3 and Mario World mm -hmm. in such a short period of time, uh, it is just absolutely incredible. And then not only that, we're just talking about Mario. Like, we're talking about the man involved with Zelda, with Pikmin, with Star Fox. Like, it is insane the contributions that he had to video games from software from a hardware level every single thing uh, i i am, am lucky enough that i've met him a couple times now um but it is i've said this many times in the shows one of my life goals is to get my copy of super mario all-stars plus world my first ever video game that i owned mm. signed by him you, you and, still have a copy oh of course of course nice. yeah and I, I i have it and i it was a Every time I met Miyamoto was like way, way earlier in my career, and I just didn't have it on me. I didn't think about it. Now I'm prepared. Hell yeah. I have that thing ready in case, like, if there's ever a time I talk to Graham, like, you think Miyamoto's going to be here? And he's always like, no, Tim. And I'm like, one day he's going to say <laughs> yes, and it'll be my moment. Well, Miyamoto, we salute you. Happy birthday. Have a great 70th birthday. Get turned. Get turnt, Miyamoto. <laughs> but Tim, get enough. on the mushrooms. Get on, get on, oh, my God. Get on the mushrooms, Miyamoto. Enough about that. Let's talk about today's stories, which include Sony Santa Monica having a lot in the works. That Xbox streaming console is on hold. And more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news needs to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong if you don't want to watch live you can watch later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel to be part of the show head to kind of funny.com slash kfgd to write in with your questions squad ups and more and remember patreon.com slash kind of funny will get you the show ad free plus a bevy of bonus content BBC. Housekeeping for you, a new kind of funny podcast where Greg does something absolutely insane to start the show is now up on YouTube.com slash kind of funny and on podcast services around the globe. And it just keeps going. I, it's like it was an hour and a half that I had to sit there. I had to deal with the, the shenanigans, the tomfoolery, the... The aftermath of what happened. The, in the aftermath first of everything. Three happened. minutes of this episode. And then let me, Andy is a true artist. Like there were so many revelations in this. Let me tell you, mm -hmm. I, this is this is a reason why you should actually go to Patreon.com. So it's kind of funny to watch the show because I'm I'm here doing my work yesterday. You know, I'm recording a video. Uh, I'm, I'm recording a video. Let me not talk about what that video is. I'm recording a video here. I'm doing work. I'm doing my job, and then I just hear just crazy sounds coming from the office of so both roger and joy going what the fuck what's happening what the fuck and like i come out and i'm like well, what's going on here and they're like greg just did xyz thing and i'm like no he didn't and i go back and i watch it and i'm like yo only live you know like the fact that the fact that people that they saw that live and the patreon audience got to see that live what an incredible moment yeah Honestly, yeah. go check it out. This image just right here. It's great. It, you know, it's a one image is worth a thousand words. Just Nick's face is worth a thousand Look, words there. You know, I the feel. thing is everyone's crediting Nick's face here, which is a good face. But I really want to bring attention to the freaking satanic. <laughs> <laughs> like I you look at this and you can hear this picture. You look at this and you can smell this picture. God damn. <laughs> that hot coffee. Craig Miller. Hot coffee. Of course, a picture's worth a thousand, oh, a thousand words. A video's worth a thousand pictures, so go check, check out that video. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to our Patreon producers, Morgan Lorraine, Fargo Brady, Christopher Rodriguez, the Kind of Funny Destiny 2 PC Clan, Tall Tree 81 Joseph A. Carlson, 1UP Pest Control, Carrie Palmer, Elliot, Brian Chaney, Trevor Starkey, Super Daddy Kyle, Undertopian, David Mindtel, what am I a freak? 
Eric Velasquez, Scotty Wyatt, Alex Greedle, Al Tribesman, Jason L., James Davis, at James Davis Makes, Mick, at the nanobiologist Abramson, Ryan T. from Tennessee, Derek Gregg, and Donald Eccles. Today we're brought to you by Rocket Money, Policy Genius, and Shopify, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is, and forever will be, the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have seven stories today. A Baker's Dozen. Starting with our number one, Sony's God of War studio has a lot of different things Ooh. in the works. This comes from Ryan Dinsdale at IGN. Sony's Santa Monica studio may have just shipped God of War Ragnarok, but it seemingly has no plans to slow down thanks to multiple projects in the works. Speaking to the Los Angeles Times, Santa Monica's creative director, Corey Barlog, said the studio is currently, quote, spread out on a lot of different things, presumably including the project he moved, he, he moved to after leaving God of War. It's unclear exactly what these projects are, however, as Barlog refused to give anything away. Santa Monica also has an external development team that publishes third-party games like Hohokam and Twisted Metal, so these could also be included in, in the projects mentioned. That being said, Santa Monica has over 200 employees, and though the majority of these were likely working on Ragnarok, the long-awaited sequel was completed around a month ahead of its launch on November 9th. Given this is only, only last week, Santa, Santa Monica is yet to announce what it's working on next, but it's likely to have at least one or two major game projects in the works I know for a fact, right? Sony Santa Monica probably sees the headline of the show, probably sees this article, and they're like, oh, God damn it. Just let us rest for a second. Let us yeah. rest. We just got yeah. done working on a game. But that said, Tim, right? Corey Barlog saying that they have, they're, they're, sp- they're spread out on yeah. a lot of different things. I mean, Corey is a smart, smart guy. He knows how the internet works. That doesn't mean He's that people are quality. Yeah, there we go. Not only does that mean that like he understands how the internet works, it means that he knows that his words are going to turn into headlines. So it's like I feel like he, he – not to say he knows better. He wouldn't phrase things that way if he wasn't comfortable with that being out there. Mm. Again, everyone makes mistakes. Everyone slips up. Things are out of context, whatever. This is from the LA Times. This is a high-profile thing. Sony PR isn't just letting any little things slide. So these oh, words, yeah. I think, carry as much weight as it sounds like they do. Uh, 200 employees at Sony Santa Monica. Not nearly as much as I would expect for a game – of the quality yeah, of God of War, right? Polish, the scale, that has the, that the, scope. exactly, and you know, PlayStation Studios, we we know, kind of are, have the ability to use teams and people that aren't part of their team. So that 200 also includes you got to imagine HR and like a lot of the administration yeah. stuff that's at the Sony level. So still very impressive for um, what 200 people can pull off. What else are they working on? How big can those things be? How far along in development are they? Those are the bigger questions, especially when you look at Corey and his involvement in Ragnarok. And we knew that he was moving on to something else. What could that something else be? I honestly, Sony Santa Monica has ascended to that that level that Naughty Dog's at and, and uh, very few others where it's like, I don't care what it is. I'm interested. Whether it's an IP I know, whether it's a new IP, whether it's big, whether it's small, like I am interested in giving it a shot. Tim, you asked the question, what are they making? Madog Nick 96 from Massachusetts writes in to kindofunny.com slash KFGD, just like you can, and says, hello, KFGD. With news that Sony Santa Monica is spread thin across projects, I wanted to ask you, I wanted to ask you to think of a few projects they might be working on. What is a AAA title they might, t- they might make? What is a smaller title you'd like to see from them? Think AA. Is there a live service game they could be working on? What is a VR title uh, that, you, uh, that would do well by them? What do you think, uh, or what do you want to see them make most? Maybe they're making a new Kinetica. Kinetica, baby. Hey. Oh. Thanks for all the amazing content. As always, have a great day. Thank you so much, my dog, Nick96. Kinetica was one of my, like, the weird Tim Gettys games that, like, I just was obsessed with on the PS2. Mm. It was one of the the, the few blue-backed CD PS2 oh, games, yeah. not a DVD. Um, but I, I was so into it, and I, I never owned it until years, years, years later. But I rented it so often. And when I first went to Sony Santa Monica back in, like, 2015 with Greg... Uh, when we did this like uh, speed run um, charity thing with Corey and Corey and Greg Miller kissed, there's footage of it out there. Everybody, oh. find that. Oh. Um, a little treat for you. Yeah, just a little treat. Um, everybody, everybody always had those couple of PS2 games that yeah. like they had no business being obsessive over, and they obsessed over. For me, it was Oni. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, Oni's a similar vibe of like, yeah. oh, you if you were there, if you were playing PS2, you at least knew of these. Yeah, things. you knew of Oni, and you played it, and you're like, oh, this is a video game. And then maybe you're like me, and you're like, you played that video game multiple times for some reason. 
And uh, Sony Santa Monica's uh, studio is so dope. They're still at the same place. And um, they have a lot of memorabilia and posters and things of all the projects they've worked on. And I remember I was obsessed. I kept asking uh, Shannon, stud still. I'm like, where's the Connecticut stuff? I need to find it. She's like, you're the first person to ever care about where the That's Connecticut so stuff funny. is. But they had a whole bunch of it. It was all mm-hmm. over. Hell it was yeah. very damn cool. What AAA title might, might they make? I mean, I feel like... <sighs> I'm it's not, rough, right? They're going to make more God of War. Yeah. Right? Like, that is the natural progression of having an IP that right now is Sony's number one. In their top three IP, let's say. Right? Maybe mm. number one. I'd say number one right now. Right? Let's, let, excluding Spider-Man from the conversation. I guess I don't need to. Top two IP. I think you're going to make more God of War. <laughs> yeah. I think that's natural. Inevitable. But the, the natural question, though, is when, right? Is the project that Corey is working on, is that God of War related? Or is it something else? And they're just, you know, they're they're going to take a break from God of War for you know, like a generation or whatever. I I personally, and I don't think this is what they're going to do, but I am bummed that we didn't get more Lost Legacies. Like I yes. personally would love, I'm just using this term like lightly to explain the type of thing I'm saying, but an annualized-ish, maybe once every year and a half, once every two years, something like that, smaller adventure, that is, yo, this is the narrative and treating it more like episodic content, but not in the way that like Telltale's The Walking Dead is episodic, but more just like it's building a story over time with characters that we know that allow us to kind of like get deeper into different relationships than the core games uh, have given us. And I think that Lost Legacy is a perfect example of that. You know, that five to eight hour experience that has that AAA polish and scale, maybe introduce a gimmick each one that like kind of can build and add to the other games. Mm-hmm. And I think with God of War, for anyone that played Ragnarok, you can totally see what the Lost Legacy yeah. games would be. And I want those. And, like, I don't need them to all be connected in one giant game. Like, I feel like it could be cool getting more frequent, smaller games of this level of polish. Because the gameplay is there. The talent to make the story is there. All of it's there, right? Oh, for sure. So, it's like, I want to keep having reasons to play god of war because it's just fun to play god of war yeah and i think there's uh there's something there in terms of all right god of war ragnarok was the big event right this was the big you know everybody everybody's paying attention to it sony santa monica we're putting all our efforts into it right most of our staff is working on it it's a 25 hour experience this is us giving it giving it our all now let's make a nine hour long spinoff that is focused on this one character from God of War 2018 or God of War Ragnarok that we can focus in on. Or maybe a new character in the universe. I don't care, right? Like maybe you can make a nine hour experience that does have the side content that might bring it up to maybe 14, 15 hours. Uh, that does help us get more hits of, of God of War, right? Like if we're getting one of the, like, if we're getting one of those in between the big God of War releases, I think that could help them keep that IP active and all, and obviously make money and also give people different stories in that universe that they might, might be interested in, right? Because I think, you know, we all love Kratos. We've all historically been, um, you know, have been into God of War, right? But we've had so much Kratos in God of War. Where can you go in the next one, right? Where can you go in a spinoff? Space. <laughs> you go to space. You take, you take uh, Mimir to space. Mm-hmm. Plays Mimir in space. I love it. Yeah. yeah. So I think, I mean, obviously, I think that's for sure on the board for them. Um, there's a lot of talk around them working on a new IP. I right as I was uh, compiling these stories, right, I was like, All right, let, let's see what the what the talk is around. Like, what are the other games uh, got, uh, Sony Santa Monica might be working on? And there are quite a few posts about a new IP, right? And this comes from job postings where. They put out a job posting, what, about like a year or so ago, that is, we're seeking an experienced senior character concept artist for the development of a new unannounced title. Uh, Also in there, they talk about how they want them to develop and maintain strong creative and collaborative partnerships across subject areas to help further develop the in-game characters, visual language, and rule sets for fantasy-based worlds. Uh, They also ask for strong design skills with the ability to render realistic, believable fantasy-based characters, creatures, and props using contemporary industry standard tools and techniques. And with that, right, like, I was, I was trying to find where people were getting new IP from because I saw quite a few reports like uh, Game Rant, the Gamer, multiple outlets being like, oh, yeah, they're working on new IP and threads being like, yeah, they're working on a new IP. I couldn't find anything about a new IP. So kind of funny.com slash you're wrong if you're if you have anything out there where they officially say in their job um, postings that it's a new IP, but a new unannounced title in a fantasy world. I think that could be more God of War, because I think all that stuff fits for God of War, or it could be a new IP, right? It could be a, a, a new different game in a different world that is still fantasy-based, and I think for for Sony Santa Monica and their skill set and how they know how to develop these worlds, right, and create great visual design around these worlds, 
I'd be open to it, right? I'd be open to even them making an original fantasy world that could be more than lo- along the lines of Lord of the Rings as opposed to Norse mythology. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like whatever Corey has in his mind, I want to see what he wants to give us, right? Mm. I think that he is so embedded in the God of War world and so good at curating that that world and making it something special and like with what happened with 2018 and working with the team at Santa Monica and how talented they all are together to create these, these products and adventures. Um, I would be very interested to see what his next thing is. I would hope that it's not fantasy. I would hope that it's something that is totally different. Otherwise stay in the God of war. You're crushing it there. And there's still, mm-hmm. I think so much stories to give. Um, but otherwise I, I feel like a, a new IP from Sony Santa Monica I imagine will hit on the level of Last of Us from Uncharted. Yeah. In the same that, way that God of War did that. And I that want. is, it's so, so exciting because God of War is that interesting thing where, you know, it, it was somebody else's baby. You know, it's David Jaffe's vision on the PlayStation 2, which was a very different era, very different style, very d- different voice, right? Mm-hmm. And then you get 2018 and it's like, it uh, there's such clear evolution and delineation, right? Where it's like, they're connected, but they're also extremely different games. Um, you can play the the modern franchise without ever touching the old ones and be totally okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea of a from the ground up Sony Santa Monica pure this team owned project, I'm just excited of like what would the differences be? Whatever they are, I'm there for. Whatever the similarities are, I'm there for. It's like they've just earned my trust. That's it. To the part in Madog Nick ninety six's question where he asks, "What do you what do you want to see them make the most?" I would love to see them make a linear superhero game. I keep going back to that original Balder fight in God of War twenty eighteen, where it is you guys are punching each other like through roofs, right? Punching each other like miles away, and you're coming through. And like you, you, the way they display strength and scale in God of War twenty eighteen, I think would tra- would transfer so well to a gritty, like, linear superhero game, right? Because, like, we've gotten great superhero games, but a lot of them have been open world. Take that focus that God of War Sony Santa Monica has, take that polish that they have making a linear-ish game, I know God of War is open, but even still, and, like, apply it to that level of power and that level of, you know, scale and pompous circumstance and let them go crazy with it. I think they can make something really special there. And I also want to shout out, like, I have a post, an article here from nine years ago from Destructoid about how uh, there was a canceled project at Sony Santa Monica that was a new open world sci-fi IP, right? And going back, going back to the idea of it'd be cool to see them break out of fantasy or like if, if they are going to break out of fantasy, right? Like, or if you're going to break off of God of War, do something that's not fantasy. I think going sci-fi could be really interesting, right? I want to see the talent of Sony Santa Monica applied to something in a different realm, okay? Um, Because I I think that could add a lot to the space, right? I I think Sony Santa Monica could be the ones to show us how it's done in a different genre in that way. And so I think that could be really, really cool. Yeah. And then make Kinetica. And then make Kinetica, man. Yeah. (laughs) Story number two. Xbox has put its streaming-only console on hold. This is Ryan Dinsdale. Hold on real quick. In the chat. Hey, uh... HVB says Invincible could be cool. Reverse the father-son dynamic from God of War. An Invincible video game from Sony Santa Monica. Sweet baby Jesus. Funny funny enough, what I was describing, I was thinking of the boys. Yeah. Right? Like that level of like, oh, yeah, let me fight Homelander. Let me be one of the boys fighting Homelander. But, yeah, Invincible. Like, I think that type of thing from Sony Santa Monica would be sick as hell. That's a a great call. Uh, Of course, the story number two comes from Ryan Dinsdale at IGN. Microsoft's streaming-only Xbox console, codenamed Project Keystone, was put on hold because it was too expensive to produce. Speaking to The Verge and spotted by VGC, Xbox boss Phil Spencer said Microsoft couldn't create a streaming-only console it could sell for a cheap enough price. Spencer hoped to sell Project Keystone for around $99 to $129, and even though Microsoft takes a hit on every console it sells, the streaming-only machine simply costs too much. Quote, the console we built that people have seen, Keystone, was more expensive than we wanted, wanted it to be when we actually built it out uh, with the hardware that we had, we had inside, Spencer said. Quote, we decided to focus that team's efforts on delivering the smart TV streaming app, end quote. Especially as Xbox already offers a cheaper next-generation console in the Series S, which retails for $299 compared to the Xbox Series X's $499, Spencer said Microsoft would need to sell Project Keystone for significantly cheaper to make it a viable option for customers. Quote, I don't want to announce pricing specifically, but I think you've got to be $129, $99, somewhere in there for that to make sense in my view. End quote. He said, Tim Geddes, do you agree? I do totally agree. I've been saying I think this thing needs to be as cheap as possible. Like, even 
I think 129 is like that is the absolute much. highest end, and I think mm -hmm. a bit too much for what this product is, especially in relation to what products are already out there and how Xbox has its offering of um, price points for entry into being able to play its games, especially when you look at the cloud side of things and uh, being able to just use your phone and uh, subscribe to Game Pass and get all that stuff. Um, but I, I think this is great. I think the shift to focusing on the smart TV apps is very important. That is going to be the difference maker over time because that means you don't even need to buy anything else. It's just the thing you already bought gives you the ability to play Xbox games. And um, people don't give enough credit to the amount of views and engaged audience members there are for the smart TV apps. I've had a ton of, again, Tim Gettys on his business calls. Mm. And I'm not really, I don't know about the video game side of things, but I imagine it would be fairly similar over time. I have heard so much information that just having your content on those built-in even the shitty apps, like the apps oh, you've yeah. never heard of, the like, the I mean, you always even talk about it. Let me tell you about it. Samsung TV Plus. Yeah. All right. I'm just watching. There's a Wild Now channel. Like, yeah. This show's Wild Now 24 and, hours a day. And, it's fucking and great. <laughs> that's the thing. People watch that stuff. It's like people just watch the stuff that's that's free for them, that's like given because like not everybody is like us that like curates every single thing and like wants to, to buy specific things for specific reasons, whether it's a game console to play games or a this streaming device to watch these streaming things. Most people just use the apps on their TV. And if there are apps they've never heard of, they're like, oh, this thing says free. I'm going to check it out. And then they just make that part of their habit to watch stuff. There's so much ad money there. There's so much stuff there. That means it's there for video games too. Mm. So if Xbox figures all this stuff out and just makes it work so that people that already have the stuff that have now for years been used to watching uh, these random apps and watching TV shows and stuff on their TV, now they're like, oh, I can play games too. It's going to happen. Is there, how, how do we get a 24-hour kind of funny channel on Pluto? Is uh, real talk, I mean... Because like we have so the, much content. The answer is... <laughs> I, I like respond to emails that I get all the time from everybody trying to get us. There's just so much money in this this mm -hmm. business, bless. And mm -hmm. it's like again, a lot of it is. Do they snake see oil the video money. wall, Pluto? Uh, look at come this on, video Pluto, wall. Pluto. Where you at? Come on, bro. You know, no. Or I'm trying Roku to. TV, you know, we're like... going up to Peacock. I want to be right <laughs> next to Twisted Metal. Oh hell yeah, let's fucking go. I want to bring in this question from Aiden from Edmonton, who of course writes in to kindoffunny.com/slash/kfgd, just like you can, and says, "Hey, KF team, The Verge reported yesterday that Xbox has pushed back its streaming stick console." How do you see this affecting the future of game streaming? Will we ever get a dedicated stick from Xbox, or will it be built into other devices like Samsung TVs? Thanks, Aiden from Edmonton. And I think, I don't think the, the, the Xbox, you know, putting the stick on hold or putting the console on hold, because I, I still think, I, now I think of it as more of a Roku than a Chromecast, right? Like, I feel, it, it see, I think the reason why it gets up to that is because there's some processing and, and some, there, there's some power being put into it to make those games run well, right? Along with it being based on cloud streaming. That's my assumption. Kind of funny, I'll you're wrong if there's articles about that. But uh, with that, right, I don't think this is a, oh man, this, pushing the stick is going to affect where cloud streaming is. I think it's the reverse, right? I think it's just the state of cloud, of cloud streaming. Cloud streaming right now, the way I look at it is as a great additive feature, but not as a great core feature. I think it is tough to sell something that you are like, hey, there's a video game device that you are only streaming on. Because streaming, I just don't think is in that place yet. I think maybe in the future, right? Maybe in the next five to ten years or something along those lines, maybe that becomes more of a thing that people can rely on and people are willing to spend $129 on to then have that be their core experience of playing the game. But for now, I think the thing that Xbox is wanting to bank on with cloud streaming is the idea of, hey, I just went to Best Buy. I bought a 2022 Samsung Smart TV or 2021 because I saw they expanded it. Um, get to 2020 so I can actually use it. <laughs> um, but like I went, I bought a TV. I'm using it for, you know, I'm, I don't know, playing, playing PlayStation or watching Netflix or doing whatever. Oh, there is an Xbox app on this. Oh, I can pay $15 a month to get all these games. And then I like carry my saves or do whatever. I think that's what they're banking on, right? Expanding their audience um, by putting Xbox cloud streaming in more places. But I don't think, I, I don't think right now they view cloud streaming as the end all be all for them. Yeah, and I don't think they ever will. I, I do think, though, that like we care a lot more about, oh, cloud's not there. The way that it's not there is things that affect us more than it's going to affect the random people that are just interested in playing video games because they're mm -hmm. available. It just needs to be good enough. We've always talked about this when it comes to Nintendo. Like Their biggest strength is that they know that they just need the hardware to be good enough to make their games because their games are the things that they care about more than anything. Xbox, I mean... 
I'm not even going to make the jokes. But where Xbox is right now, they know that they care about the software and that they're building this out, that their offering is Game Pass. So getting that in the hands of as many people as possible where it just it works enough is the most important thing. Uh, when it comes to the processing power and all of that, I think it's less where the cloud, the state of cloud is at. I think it's more the state of the hardware itself. Like I think that mm. the costs um, are of the supplies are the things that are driving the delay of this whole thing. Um, but even looking at the, like you bring it up, uh, Roku versus uh, Chromecast, even Chromecast, Chromecast uses the phone's processing to cast to it, and it's like there's this other piece of hardware, which is your phone, mm. right? Whereas Roku has its own thing. Apple TV has its own thing. The reason Apple TV keeps upgrading its uh, innards and like it has the new A16 chip or whatever the hell and the, the new one that they just put out, the reason they're doing that is because there's a huge market of people that play games on their TV using their Apple TV, mobile games. We're not those people, mm. but there are millions of people that are out there doing yeah. this. I know. I mean, my nephew is one of those people, right? Where like I go over there and he's just playing these busted ass Android games on his TV via like um, his Amazon uh, Fire Stick, mm -hmm. and I'm like, wow, you are obsessed with this. And stuff. that's what I'm saying is like we. I think that there's an era that's that we are not in and we'll never be in because we're like, no, no, no we have our way of doing things. We're wrong about this. People are out oh, there yeah. totally engaging with this stuff, and the more that Xbox uh, Game Pass or any of the xCloud, all that stuff, is built into these TVs or on streaming apps or just once there's an Xbox app that just can be everywhere, I do think that it'll never overtake the core gamers and all that. I do think it's going to add many, many, many more people playing video games, and I think that that's going to convert even to core gamers that aren't playing on cloud are playing on the next real console, whatever that is. Mm. Well, Tim, you know what's in the process of overtaking the real gamer? Patreon.com slash kind of funny games. You can go there, get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. Shout out to Rocket Money for sponsoring this episode. We all love gobbling up content and we have an understanding of what subscriptions we use, right? Or do we? Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions when the actual total is closer to 200 plus. That's right, you could be wasting hundreds of dollars each month on subscriptions you don't even know about. There's this app that we love using that takes care of that for us and it's called Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill. The app shows all your subscriptions in one place and then cancels for you whatever you don't still want. Rocket Money can even find subscriptions you didn't know you were paying for. You may even find out you've been double charged for a subscription. To cancel a subscription, all you have to do is press cancel and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Get rid of useless subscriptions with Rocket Money now. Go to rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny. Seriously, it could save you hundreds per year. That's rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny. Cancel your unnecessary subscriptions right now at rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny. Shout out to Shopify for sponsoring this episode. We love Shopify here at kind of funny because we use it to run our very own kind of funny.com slash store. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of your favorite businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll create an online store in your vibe, discover new customers and grow the following that keeps them coming back. Back. Shopify has all the sales channels sorted so your business keeps growing from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free libraries full of educational content, Shopify's got you every step of the way. It's how every minute new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you will too. When you're ready to launch your thing into the spotlight, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform backing millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Go on, try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash kfgames, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash kfgames to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash kfgames. Shout out to Policy Genius for sponsoring this episode. Life insurance is the type of thing you never hope you need, but the reality is mortgage payments, childcare, and other expenses don't disappear when you're gone. And since life insurance typically gets more expensive as we age, now's the time to buy. Policy Genius gives you a smarter way to find and buy the right coverage for you and your family. Their technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from top companies like AIG and Prudential in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just 
$17 per month for $500,000 of coverage. And Policy Genius has licensed agents who can help you find options that offer coverage in as little as a week and avoid unnecessary medical exams. They're not incentivized to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. There are no added fees and your personal info is private. No wonder they have thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot. Your loved ones deserve a financial safety net. You deserve a smarter way to find and buy it. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. That's policygenius.com. Story number three. The Grammy Awards announced their nominees for the best video game score. This is Ryan Leston and IGN. Aliens Fireteam Elite is up for best soundtrack at this year's Grammys, along with the scores for games like Call of Duty and Assassin's Creed. The full list of 2023 Grammy nominations was announced earlier today, with best score soundtrack for video games and other interactive media, including some surprising names, including Aliens Fireteam Elite, uh, of course done by Austin Winery, uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Dawn of Ragnarok, uh, Call of Duty Vanguard, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, and Old War. Of course, 2023 marks the first ever Grammy for video game music, meaning one of these games will head home with a historic award. This is so cool because right? like just looking at this, like these names, a lot of them are, are you know, iconic video game composers, uh, composers overall, like uh, Austin Winery, of course, from Journey, yep. um, which if I remember correctly, did win Grammys. It just wasn't for video games. It was just for like make musical score and arrangements and um christopher tin who did old world he did the soundtrack for civilization um four specifically and the theme song of that game baba yetu is the uh first video game song to ever win a grammy um which is really damn cool holy cow uh, and then bear mccreary of here course. the call of duty vanguard he's from god of war ragnarok yep. walking dead the tv show um and little known facts uh he and his people had many hands in the kind of funny animated series theme song um wait really <laughs> where where cory mcmaster used to work for bear mccreary we recorded it like in their studio and a, that's awesome. an extra fact that like people don't know like for some reason it like just gets lost the kind of funny jingle the that's from the animated series theme song it's mm -hmm. just like the random like baseline of it like towards the end um interesting so we just took that and turned it into the jingle but anyway yeah. bear mccreary Shout out. Yeah. Uh, of course, music from video games has been eligible for Grammy nominations since 1999 when Civilization theme, Baba Yetu, uh, winning the award for go. Best <laughs> Instrumental Arrangement in 2011 and the Journey soundtrack earning a nomination in 2012. Your boy knows <laughs> what he's talking about. Let's go. Now, after years of lobbying from game studios, yeah. hey, uh, the Grammys gets its own video game category with Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy looking like a strong favorite. This, yeah. yeah, this is awesome. It is awesome. You know, once again, my boy T-Lopes getting straight up robbed, man. Shredder's Revenge, baby. Now, Where's it at? Mike, Why is Shredder's Revenge not winning the like, Grammy? It, Mike, all of these games are from last year, right? Then that's what I was going to say. Yeah, I think uh, the, the window for this is 2021, gotcha. uh, I imagine. Because, yeah, Aliens Fire Team late last year, Valhalla late last year, Vanguard late last year. I guess all these were like uh, fall last year, so I don't well, know. Well, Sonic when the Mania comes. came out in 2017, and it didn't get a goddamn Grammy. So that, something's wrong. Oh, 1,000 percent. Yeah. T Lopes getting triple robbed. Um, Guardian score I thought was pretty damn good. Um, yeah, I, I thought yeah. it stood alone. Uh, Call of Duty I'm unfamiliar with, but there's just that level of polish. And when you get Bear McCreary, it's like, come on, like there's just money here. Like when you look at this, I think it tells a very clear story of what they're looking for, and it's not video game score as Which, much as it's. Score. Which I don't know how I feel about. Like, I, I, I do love the fact that these games are getting respect. Of course, yeah, Bam McCreary, fucking talented, right? And, like, knows how to make a score. Uh, uh, Austin Winery, again, fucking talented, knows how to make a score, right? Guardians of the Galaxy had a great score. But uh, if you're going to have the category be, hold on, let me find the exact, let's see, best soundtrack. Send me the actual category. Best it's, score soundtrack for video games and other interactive media. Best score soundtrack for video games and other interactive media. I think where we get caught up here is the word score, right? Yeah. I think that they are, they are, when you look at this, they are talking about orchestral scores. And I know that score could also mean there could be electronic features and whatever, but I feel like I would imagine, I mean, I know. Because that's my, 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 my thing is that video game soundtracks and video game music is, <clears throat> is so varied and diverse. And I feel like it'd be worth it. If you're going to do a, a video game category to be all inclusive of that. Yeah. Right. I, I'm willing to bet that all of these have actually fully orchestrated soundtracks with real orchestra, like a real, like there was a, the composer was mm. in the room, like actually making the stuff happen. Mm. It's not MIDI or anything, which, okay. I, I'm just trying to like understand and, uh, honestly, where it's come from. I'm not saying so, this is how I would do yeah, it. Yeah. And from that, from that angle, I can see how they come up with this list. Cause yeah, that was going to be my first initial reaction of like, 
oh man, they're definitely better soundtrack. There, there are great soundtracks that I think deserve love aside from these, right? Like Aliens, Fireteam Elite, even though shout out to Austin Winnery, wouldn't be the first one that hopped in my mind. You don't know. You didn't listen to it. I mean, I played it though. I played, I played oh, quite okay, a bit. Okay, yeah, okay. Aliens, Fireteam Elite, right? And like, that's not the first thing that comes to mind when I think of soundtrack, right? What I do think of, like, Deathloop had a fantastic soundtrack, right? Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, I think that it does make a lot of sense. But I go through Chicory. Uh, came out last year, and that was, of course, Lena Rain out there killing it uh, in that one as well. Psychonauts 2. Psychonauts 2. Uh, Replicant I, I had a fantastic soundtrack. I mean, Tim, you're a fan of The Artful Escape. I feel mm-hmm. like that's another one that could have been propped in there. Yeah. Guilty yeah. Strive. Deltarune. And again, this is we're talking about dumb technicalities that at the end of the day don't actually mean this, but it's like I would, I would call Artful Escape more soundtrack than a score. Okay. Even though it's yeah dumb semantic bullshit but like by that explanation i think that makes sense yeah right i'm not i'm not too mad at this list there's also a a very clear western influence here of when we look at what the games are and i am i wonder if over time i mean this being the first year that they're doing this category i wonder if over time um we'll see more japanese representation uh for the soundtracks for games which is where i think when people talk about scores in video games i think it kind of starts there normally Mm -hmm. right um so we'll see what i, what I would like to see because i do i do like the idea of separating score from from like just general soundtrack i would like to see them add that in there as well i know that's a bigger ask for the grammys because it's the grammys so the, even getting this for them is probably like oh no we did you a favor video game industry but just like <laughs> give me one more category that is best they soundtrack. do us a favor or are we doing them a favor I mean, we're doing them a favor <laughs> all right we get we're getting awesome winery and bear mccray but yeah shout out to these nominees hold on while we're here talking about video game music and all this stuff Something we didn't talk about when we did our um, Game Awards predictions um, topic when the nominees were announced a couple days ago Mm -hmm. on Monday. Uh, We were talking about the best soundtrack uh, category. Uh, Yeah, we talked about that a lot. We talked about Game of the Year a lot. Mm -hmm. We didn't talk about the fact that the Game of the Year medley that always happens is going to happen. Yeah. With those games. I'll do, I'll, Elden Ring and God of Ragnarok are going to be back oh, to back. That's going to be it's going to be incredible. It's going to be fantastic. But in my mind, I was thinking we're going to get some Kirby action. Like I was very hopeful for Ninja Turtles. I was hoping for Wu, yeah Wu Tang to come out. But, but it's like all right, let's. What are the game of the year nominees again? I don't know, Plague Tale Innocence three times. Uh, sorry, Plague Tale Requiem, Stray, Xenoblade. Which I've heard Xenoblade has fantastic music, so that oh should my be god, great. Xenoblade's music is going to be freaking awesome. Yeah, awesome. I hope that like the they're going to have cast meowing for thirty seconds. Yeah, the stray thing. Okay, cool. What, what else are we missing there? Is that is that all that it is? Stray, Xenoblade, Plague Tale. Uh, God, oh, Horizon, Horizon. Oh, and Horizon. Great music in Horizon. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. And we, I mean, we even heard it already by the Game Awards Orchestra in 2018. Yeah. Uh, and they destroyed it then, too. Um, and same with uh, God of War with uh, in 2018 as well. But I yeah. hope they do something different. Because there are some new tracks in Ragnarok that go fucking hard. And I hope they use some of that. Yeah. I'm excited for sure for this. And Elden Ring's theme is so dope. But yeah, definitely bummed that we're not yeah, going to hear some other is. things. I'm like, it's it's going to be a great medley. But I'm like, man, if, if Wu-Tang Clan would have came out during the medley, oh my ah! God. And that, and that transitions into God of War. Oh <laughs> my like, God. Uh, Kirby as well, like you were saying, Dude. Tim. Like that would have been so good. But again, I feel like so many people played the first two hours and were just like, all right, I'm done. But let me tell you, Tim. Those last like three hours and just everything's going on screen and everything that they play music wise is so goddamn good. Speaking of the Grammys, uh, I know this isn't video game related, but best rap album nominee or best rap, yeah, album nomin- nominees. Yeah. Terrible. All right. Terrible. What are you doing out there in the Grammys? I lost faith in the Grammys ever since Kendrick lost to Macklemore. But even the, this is might be more egregious. <laughs> like you guys missed out on some great albums this year. Grammys, That's how it goes. All right. Do better. Do better. But good job on the video game stuff. Story number four. Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty will be a paid expansion. This comes from CD Projekt Red. Actually, this comes from Ryan Dinsdale at IGN. CD Projekt Red confirmed it. CD Projekt Red has confirmed that its major Cyberpunk 2077 expansion, Phantom Liberty, will be paid DLC when it's released in 2023. Speaking to GamesRadar, CD Projekt Red's global PR director, Radek Grabowski, said, uh, said that uh, while he couldn't, couldn't yet confirm a price, the expansion wouldn't be more free DLC, akin to the recent Edgerunners update. Though players familiar with CD Projekt Red may have expected, expected as much, this is the first time the developer has explicitly confirmed that Phantom Liberty will cost money. Some confusion is warranted, of course, since CD Projekt Red does typically release a lot of free content for its games, including the next-gen update for The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt coming this December. Phantom Liberty is a much 
heftier addition with new story content and missions, however, as opposed to just uh, containing new cosmetics, weapons, and so on. Only a short teaser trailer has released so far, confirming that Keanu Reeves will return as Johnny Silverhand in the expansion. Let's go. He's heard warning V about an oath they just took, swearing allegiance to the new, to the new United States of America. Game director uh, Gabriel Amatangelo uh, promised when it was announced that uh, Phantom Liberty is a new style of plot, a new cast of characters, and an exciting expansion of Night City. Tim, you, I remember you played through Cyberpunk mm-hmm. 2077. Yeah, Are you yeah, looking yeah. forward to the expansion? You know, I'm I'm a little cyberpunked out from it all, and like like that's just more of how I play these games. Like, it takes a lot for me to want to get back and do an expansion for a game. Like mm-hmm. I think the the last time that I really did was Spider Man with the DLC. And even that, I let all three of the DLCs kind of stack up, and then I just played them all as if it was, like, a longer experience. Mm. Um, so I, I don't know that I'm going to be back for this one, um, but I'm hopeful for it. I want Cyberpunk to turn around. Like, I want the narrative to get good eventually, um, and I want CD Projekt Red to put out products that they can stand by and that are to the standard expected by them set by The Witcher 3 many years ago, right? Mm. Um, especially with Witcher 3 coming out so soon for its next gen update i wonder how much that's going to do in terms of goodwill and positivity um but this being paid and stuff i i'm like i'm not surprised like that's kind of how that's the expectation so i don't i don't think people should think that yeah. this was like a like a surprise yeah like like, uh, like not part of the part for the course and yeah like i'm i'm excited to play the the expansion i i think you you uh mentioning that like wanting CD Projekt Red to make something they can stand by. I think that's where this comes down for me is that, and that's what makes this thing interesting in terms of it being a big paid expansion of, okay, are people going to pay for Cyberpunk 2077, right? We're seeing the numbers go up. We're seeing Cyberpunk Edge Runners and the, the latest update bring people in. We're seeing people praise uh, Cyberpunk 2077 now. Is it is the IP, is this game at a place where people are willing to put down however much money it costs? I think so. And I think, that, I think that'll set the tone for all right, maybe we can be excited for the next Cyberpunk 2077 now, right? Like, I think that might set them up well for a sequel. Because I remember at one point, pretty much everybody being like, nah. oh, they're done. Like, Cyberpunk's yeah. over. They can't make more of this. And now, like, if this if this expansion comes out and people are paying, let's say if it's $40, people are paying $40 for this thing, and if people are happy with it, oh, my God, that's going to bode so well for CD Projekt Red. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I was going to say Sony number five. Story Sony number, number five. five. A Sony patent for NFT and blockchain technology has been uncovered. Cover this it is, up. <laughs> this is Logan Plant at IGN. Sony has published a patent suggesting the company is looking into blockchain and NFT technology for tracking in-game assets in video games. The patent, reported by Eurogamer, is called Tracking Unique In-Game Digital Assets Using Tokens on its Distributed Ledger. And the included diagram uh, lays out mechanics for tracking changes in ownership, visual appearance, or metadata of digital assets. The patent says the digital assets could range from moments of gameplay to in-game items or characters. Sony's patent describes technology that could track the history of an in-game item as it's passed from player to player, which is one of the core ideas behind NFTs. In the patent, Sony said, quote, There is no way to differentiate a specific instance of an in-game item that a famous player of the video game used to win a famous tournament from any other instance of the in-game item, end quote. That's such a very specific use case, but back to the story. The patent description also says people uh, find it meaningful to own to own or use unique items related to respected celebrities or activities. It's worth pointing out that PlayStation filed this patent in July of 2021 before greater controversies surrounding NFTs came to the forefront. And that's kind of where my reaction comes into play of this of like <sighs> there's been a lot of back and forth regarding Sony with NFTs, right? There was the um, the survey that went around Evo where they were asking people like, hey, what's your interest level in NFTs? Would this be something that you'd be interested in? Yada, yada, yada. There's also PlayStation Stars where they came out and they're like, hey, we got digital collectibles. They're not fungible. They're not fungible, but they are digital collectibles, right? And the, there's like some um, uh, language there that had people uh, spooked. But there's also communication in regards to that, that where Sony's like, hey, this is these aren't nfts these aren't nfts trust us in a way that makes me think that they understand that it's a it's a poison well right like that's not something you want to touch so i don't look at the story and i don't get fearful about it right like right as of now i don't expect sony to go hard with nfts and i hope they don't um this i think comes back to what um what the conversation is whenever we have a sony story that is a patent which is I swear to God, like 80% of the time, the patent doesn't come to fruition for anything, right? This is just them covering their ass for possible potential future ideas. Yeah, 100%. Like, the timing of this, to me, makes it a pretty much non-issue. Like, yeah. at some point, this tech is going to be good, and it's going to be figured out, and the, it's going to be used in the right ways. 
Uh, I don't think we're there. I think that we're inching closer and closer. It does feel like the the doomsday scenario of the NFT stuff is we've kind of made it through. Everyone was loud enough that they're like, all right, okay, okay, yeah. we get it. Um, so in that sense, we won. Um, but how much will we win by? Well, we'll have to wait and see. We'll but to- I don't think that this is going to turn into anything. We'll have to wait for the release of Symbiogenesis. Exactly. The video game. Yes. Story number six. Marvin the Martian and a Game of Thrones stage are coming to multiverses. This is Chris Scolian at Video Games Chronicle. Marvin the Martian and a Game of Thrones stage have been confirmed for season two of multiverses. Developer Player First Games has confirmed. Although no further information was given about Marvin. <laughs> I love him just being called Marvin without his laugh. That name. is <laughs> fucking hilarious. <laughs> we can't just call him Marvin. We got to add the Martian to I it. I love that. So Marvin the Martian is like one of my brother's favorite things in the world. Hell yeah. Because he's cool as fuck. I he, love Marvin He is Martian. very cool. He's very cool. Um, but you said Marvin the Martian, and as you did, my brother walked in the room. It was almost like a Beetlejuice situation. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. Your brother has, should check out multiverses. I feel like he'd actually maybe enjoy it. It's Smash Brothers, essentially, but now Marvin the Martian's there. Now Marvin the Martian is there. And LeBron James. <laughs> he's thinking about it. He's thinking about it. He's pondering. He's pondering. <laughs> and, like, honestly, us saying that, like, oh, yeah, Marvin the Martian is in this video game with LeBron James should be wild, except for the fact that, like, Space Jam 2 came out. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. this isn't the first Wouldn't time they're the interacting. Time. <laughs> yeah, no, they're like seasoned, like, they're, they're, they're a homies. duo now. They're homies. Yeah, they'll be hanging out at uh, Applebee's nowadays. Uh, <laughs> LeBron James? Like, at Marvin the Martian at Applebee's? <laughs> they want the, the half price appetizers Wednesday. Fair, Wednesday fair, nights. Fair, fair, yeah, fair. It is. Boneless yeah, wings. Right, Wednesday. Oh, fire. Um, although no further information was, g- was given about Marvin, Multiverse's data miner. Ooh, uh, Lacel MV, Lacel MV, Lacel MV was able to find his moveset following the release of the season two update, posting it on Twitter. Based on this leaked moveset, it appears that Marvin will focus mainly on projectile attacks and is armed with a blaster, a pistol, and the ability to fire bubble projectiles. Also officially announced on the new on the news post. Well, I can't get that out of my head, right? Like fucking Marvin the Martian out here just fucking throwing hands <laughs> with a bubble gun. Yeah. <laughs> Also officially announced on the news post was a uh, new stage based on Game of Thrones containing, quote, all the hazards and pitfalls you'd come to expect from the land of Westeros, end quote. And a remix of the Game of Thrones theme, which dynamically changes depending on what's happening on screen. Sick. What a game. What a game. I wish uh, here's here. I think we mentioned this during the um, games cast. We're reacting to the game awards that like I feel like the conversation has died down quite a bit on multiverses. And it bums me out because like. Ah, well, that, the month that that game was coming out, people were so hot on it, right? Like it was, the, it was the, it was the conversation, and honestly, it was a pretty fun conversation. Like I enjoyed talking to people about multiverses, and I really enjoyed playing multiverses. The thing is, though, like we say, the conversation died down, but like I don't know that a game like that, a fighting game, a, a party fighting game, whatever the hell you want to call it, mm. I don't think that it can have a long tail of the conversation maintaining at the level it was at. Like I think that like. The excitement is still there. The, there's a community that's still playing. I think fighting games have this like peak around Evo. And mm. it's kind of like wrestling with WrestleMania, where there's like the road to WrestleMania, where a lot of people, myself included, we come on around the Royal Rumble, we watch and stay glued into it until WrestleMania, and then we just fall the fuck off for the rest of the year. But then we're back the next time. I feel like fighting games and Evo are a similar thing, where Evo kind of announces exciting stuff and gives games that their moment to like really kind of either prove themselves and up their ante and be like, yo, we are in the pantheon of fighting games and what it means to be, be a fighting game this year. Um, mm. And I feel like multiverses we'll see next year. We'll see at Evo what yeah. its course looks like and like what that conversation is. But I feel like they're upgrading or updating the game at a, a, a pace a that pace. feels right. That by the time we get to that Evo, we might have a ton more characters and stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, they're adding characters know. at maybe a faster pace than smash brothers, right? Like we're seeing, I feel like we talk about new multiverses characters quite a bit, right? Mm-hmm. Like Rick and Morty comes to mind. The um, fuck, what was the little, I can't remember what, what character was or what even property it was. Like it was like a little goblin character <laughs> that got added that we were talking about. That was fucking wild. But yeah, like we're talking about multiverses quite a bit in terms of how much they've been. It's about gremlins. Yeah, Gremlins. I yeah. think Gremlins is what I was ta- talking about, yeah. Um, but we talk about it quite a bit, right, in, ter- in, in terms of the things that they're adding. And I think they're supporting this game quite well. I think the, the only thing I'd push back on is the, is the fact that I think multiverses should be the one breaking the mold in terms of the conversation around fighting games. Because it has been historically, all right, Street Fighter comes out and months later or half a year later, you get an expansion that has like a few new characters cool and that happens that's a moment and then it dies down all right six months later he's a new expansion and that's kind of been the standard for all fighting games whereas 
multiverses, I think, has come out with a format that is more adjacent to something like Fortnite as opposed to just Smash Brothers or typical fighting games where it is. We have a battle pass. We have uh, constant updates. We have uh, uh, multiple modes. We have it's free to play, right, which is uh, relatively fresh for a fighting game, right? There's so many things about multiverses that I think should keep it in the ongoing conversation. I, and I, I do think the fighting game aspect of it kind of holds it back a little bit just in terms of the amount and the type of audience that is flocking to it in that way. Um, but it's one that I, I would hope would be the, the start to, all right, Multiverses kind of started this trend and now Project L from Riot is the next one up that is free to play. Let's talk about it. Let's play it. Let's have an involved community. All right, cool. Now let's let's figure out how to apply apply this format to more fighting games. Because uh, I, 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 I think there is opportunity there for fighting games to have more of a consistent, lively conversation around them, right? And to stay in the mix in the way that plenty of other multiplayer games stay in the mix. Um, but it is difficult just because there's a lot of multiplayer games and online games. And not all of them can be talked about all the time on the mainstream. And so we shall see. We shall. Story number seven to round out the Roper Report. Uh, Overwatch 2's mid-season patch has been delayed, leaving May unplayable. Uh, this is Ryan Leston at IGN. Overwatch 2's mid-season update has been delayed at the last minute, leaving original hero May unplayable for the time being. Uh, this is where I'm going to pause and say, good, keep her out. Damn. I <laughs> can't stand May. Leave her on ice. Leave her on ice. All right, get May the fuck out of here. All right, thank you, Bear, for the May Day. That's great. That's great. <laughs> a post on the official uh, forums confirmed the patch has been pushed back due to an unexplained critical issue that was discovered shortly before it was due to go live. Quote, today's patch is delayed as we work to resolve a critical issue, uh, Blizzard confirmed. Quote, we'll provide an update here and set the patch live as soon as the problem is addressed. The patch will now go live on November 17th at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, so May mains won't have to wait too long. May mains. May was removed from the game earlier this month to, due to a bug that allowed her to reach out-of-bounds locations using her ice wall ability. Essentially, players were able to exploit this and hide, hide out of the reach of other players. And once again, I say, good. Keep her out. <laughs> Tired of May. All right? Tim, mm -hmm. I'm excited uh, to see when May actually gets added to the game, but I hope it's so, so far away. Yeah. If I want to know what's coming out to my grab shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Barrett, I'm going to send something to assets that I want to show and listen to at the end of the show. Out today, we got Call of Duty Warzone 2.0 for PS5, Xbox Series X, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Wreckfest for iOS and Android. Monochrome Mobius Rights and Wrongs Forgotten for PC. So many words. The Forest of Drizzling Rain for PC. <laughs> Tad the Lost Explorer and the Emerald Tablet. Tad. Tad. You know Tad. Yeah, uh, Tad. For PS5, PS4, and PC. Lopin for Xbox One and PC. And then the Backbone One controller for Android is available now. Oh, yeah. Let's go. We fucking did it. Greg Miller, order me one right now. <laughs> uh, we got one new date for you. Hack through undead enemies and rewrite history when Samurai Maiden launches on December 8th for PS5, PS4, Switch, and PC via Steam. We have one deal of the day for you. Immortality is available on Netflix games. So we've been waiting for it to come to Netflix for you to play Immortality. Now it's there. Go play Immortality. I feel like you've been waiting more so than anybody else for Immortality to come to Netflix so other people can play Immortality. Oh, 1,000%. Because that. you all should play Immortality. It's a fantastic game. Five I, out of five you know, company scale. That might be how I play it. With G. Hell yeah. Do oh, it. Oh, wow. Because uh, like, you use your phone, right? Use your more phone. More touch Yes. That sounds like a better... Better system than a controller. But I feel like you'd enjoy playing that on the screen. Because it's, it's like a, it's a oh, movie. Well, it'd be on the screen. Like you cast it to the screen? From my understanding, yeah, you use your phone as a controller. Wait, for... It on the screen? Is this for Immortality specifically, or are you just talking about Netflix? For Immortality. Oh, really? I think so, right? I mean, kind I didn't look into this, but that sounds cool. Yeah. Well, I'll report back later. Yeah, please do, because that sounds awesome. Now it's time countoffunny.com slash you're wrong where you write in let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on youtube and listening later on podcast services around the globe uh radic grabowski from cd project red writes in and says additional context regarding cyberpunk 2077 phantom liberty news this is an expansion and not a uh, dlc these words are not cinnamon synonyms for us at cd project red uh dlc for us means free Bonus content, usually released with patches. Think Edge Runner stuff in patch 1.6 for Cyberpunk 2077. Expansions uh, are paid, substantial new adventures. Think, think uh, Hearts of Stone and Blood and Wine for The Witcher 3. Shout out to there the homie Radic coming in, correcting us. Appreciate that, Radic. 
I think you can download expansions, though, you know? And it's content, someone <laughs> said. It's a, it's a you know, thing. Don't do that <laughs> laugh, Barrett. You're very happy being chill. You see this man tweet about stray. You see his stray tweets. Barrett, I respect Bear's level of, of trolling on Twitter. No, no, no like uh, what? My follow-up tweet today? Both, both of them. You being like, oh, if you didn't like stray, yeah, you hated it for the cats. And then you're like, and then I forget what their follow-up one was. But like, I saw that, and I was like, this is bait. He's this bait. Is bait. He's no, bait. My, my my first one was legitimate. Like you know why I didn't like 12 minutes? It's because of the married couple. <laughs> I, just got, I, got, I got beef with married couples. You think people didn't like straight for the cats? Yes, because that's all they fucking talk about. I'm not the talking about is... you yourself, Blessing, who like reviewed it and stuff like that and like had more nuanced conversations. But whenever people talk shit about stray on the Internet, it's all because they just don't like cats. I don't believe that. I don't think that's right. The cat is like the one thing I think everybody universally loves about oh, that game. No. Oh, no. I don't no, know no. about that. I respect respect the tenacity. And I say this as a man that loves small dogs, all right? I'm not a cat person. I'm an anti-cat person. But I look at Stray, and I can use my imagination and be like, that's a Pomeranian. You know what I mean? (laughs) And then then all of a sudden, it's a little better. I mean... Next there week, be, there has to be mods for that. When, when I, when I, you know what, everyone, hold on. I, mm-hmm. I know that we're running a little long, but I need to do this, okay? He needs to do. I've spent a lot of time talking shit the last couple months, where I'm like, I'm not, I'm not playing Pokemon. I'm just mm-hmm. not doing Gen Nine. I'm skip this. It's gonna be the first Gen that I skip, and then Ash has to go and win the goddamn championship, and I'm mm-hmm. all hyped up on Mountain Dew, and I'm just like, you know what? I think I might. I think I, I want to catch them all. I need to fucking catch them all. I need to do it. So I'm leaning to this damn Sprigatito, and I'm like. You're a cat. You're clearly a cat. But if I like squint a little bit, I'm like, you're a Pomeranian, and then it makes me happier. So you know you what? Bear? That's how. That's my review of Stray. Cool. All right. What's that? Uh, hold on. I'm gonna. You know, I'm gonna look up this Pokemon because I think there was a Pokemon in one of the trailers, Fido, that might be up your I'm alley. I'm just saying. For like, Stray, like, I'm, I'm thinking of that less of a cat game Water. and more yeah. about like the existential uh, crisis of. The next era of existence of humanity, uh, the comment like the commentary has on companionship between, you know, not just a cat and like a like a, a another being, but just between any two uh, species, right? And people are just hung up on not liking cats, I think. But what does the existentialism of life matter when you have nine of them? Bars, bars. But Damn, it's not I about the cat. Way. The story Holy isn't shit. about the fucking cat. Holy shit. That, uh, th- or that side of the story isn't about the cat, I should say. I would bet money that there is a Pomeranian, uh, Pomeranian uh, mod for Stray. I don't there, think Have you seen the Garfield is. one? No. But and like, I feel like if you, if you request it, somebody out there will make it. Barry, you have a second. <laughs> Can you bring up the Garfield <laughs> Stray mod? No. I need I'll a Pomeranian game because Tokyo Jungle just didn't do it for me. You remember Tokyo Jungle? I, I do remember Tokyo Fantastic Jungle. Game. It bums me out that it, no. it didn't do it for you. Um, uh, Garfield Stray. <laughs> oh my god! There it is. There it is. <laughs> it's fucking Garfield. Like, come He's on. He's out here living his damn life. And I swear to God, this came out like five minutes after the game release. And, and they so they can do it for Garfield. Like Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. If they can do it for Garfield, they can they can do it for uh, uh, Toretto, right? They can put do him it. in there, dude. Put him in there. Somebody, somebody in the audience who's talented enough, make that for Somebody Tim. figure it out. Somebody figure it out so Tim can finally play Stray. <laughs> Tomorrow's host for kind of funny. Actually, did I get all the wrongs? Uh, there was one where uh, Jack, Jack Stay Puff says that I'm wrong about this. Looks like Netflix games are only available on the mobile app. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Which yeah. is weird because I saw, I mean, I know that that's the case, but like a couple days ago, I saw a game pop up on the TV and it let me play on the TV, but it was, oh. a, it was a trivia game. So that might not count as a video game. It's like, no, nah, man, it's an experience. I don't, I don't know. Interesting. Tim, interesting. are we watching this video? I would like to. We, let, we can, let me let, finish your wrong yeah. and I'll, okay. I'll get to it. Um, and this is me writing in my own you're wrong. That is editorializing. If you're going to play games on the Netflix app, also play Exploding Kittens. Speaking of kittens, play Expl- Expl- Exploding Kittens. All right. You don't even have to like cats to like that game. It's a fun game. Uh, and then uh, somebody wrote in about it being Metroid's 20th anniversary today, or 20th birthday. Metroid Prime is 20 years old, is what they said. Uh, so cool. Wow. And Can then, you believe that Metroid Prime and Metroid Fusion came out on the same freaking day? If Metroid Prime is 20 years old, oh, on Friday. Why do we? Oh, they're asking about like we're gonna get a Nintendo announcement. That's not what this is for. Right? Kind of funny about comes is KFGD. If you want to write in with your questions, all right, stop confusing me. But also, can you believe, right? If, Metro, if me doing the Prime, Shigeru Miyamoto is tw- seventy years old today. Metroid Prime is twenty year- years old this week. That means Miyamoto made Metroid Prime with his bare fucking hands at the age of fifty. Can you imagine that? He's just in the studio by himself, 
you know, empty ass. Only him. <laughs> Five-story building. It's just him by himself in a dark room, just fucking hammering away at Metroid Prime and making it happen. That's fucking crazy. Did Miyamoto? I don't think he had anything to do Ed, with that. Yeah, game. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, to, to close out this episode, I, I want to share something that I think is really special. Um, yesterday, uh, I got tweeted at by The Floor is Lava, a best friend out there who makes super, super dope music, like remixes of video game songs. He made a, a Mario 3 remix that's like super dope. Um, I ended up looking, following him on Spotify. There's a ton of cool stuff. But he took a story that Jared Petty told me on Gamescast and took the the words and put it over his Mario 3 um, remix. And I, I just oh, want to show you guys this because it is really, really cool. Fair, yeah, can you play it? Jared skips school. It says headphones on in the video. It works without headphones. Though. I'm at school one day, midday, and little Jerry Petty come to the office. So, you know, I was a good kid. I might be in trouble once. So I go to the office, and my dad's there. And he's like, hey, we got to go. It's like, everything all right? He's like, yeah, it's fine. So my dad takes me out of the car, and he drives me to the video store, which just opened. And there on the shelf are copies and copies and copies of Mario 3. And I grabbed the first one. Got chills, the Holy shit. He's like, let's go home. Beautiful. I was Beautiful. expecting like something funny or some comedy. I, I didn't expect to get my feels this morning. That's the thing, man. It, about it's Mario it's really cool. His Twitter is T F I L Ryan. Um, so go check him out. And then yeah, on on Spotify, there's a whole bunch of remixes that sound like this. Really, really dope stuff. And also he gets man. funky too. It's not just getting emotional. There's oh, some there's some slaps and a half. A, so. Is that a Funky Kong reference? You're telling me he's out here making videos about <laughs> Funky Kong? Let's fucking go. <laughs> if you're watching this live after this is Warzone 2 with a stacked squad of kind of funny members come through. Let's celebrate the launch of that game. If you want to catch that stream later, of course, you can go to youtube.com slash kind of funny games. Remember this has been kind of funny games daily. You can weekday live right here on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. Till next time, game daily. <laughs>